Welcome to the Activist Files, the Center for Constitutional Rights podcast. I'm Leah Todd, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob Santiago. Hi, Rob. Hey, Leah. What's good on your end? It's good. I'm working in, in this transition time, this like seasonal transition that I'm always a little bit... I don't know. What's that word for happy, sad, nostalgic? There's Melancholy? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, late, late summer melancholia. Yeah. Do you not How like you? fall? You don't. I mean, I'm I'm here for fall. I just it's the end of summer, and I think of all the things I didn't get to do, and that was my chance, and I missed it, and I gotta wait another year. So you know, just always feeling incomplete, I guess, which is my own nonsense. But yeah, how are things going with you? Yeah, I mean, things are going good. Uh, busy. Had my son Bobby's second birthday party. Happy this past weekend, Bobby. yeah. What'd you have? What they do? What did you do? We did a whole like wheels type of theme, like automobiles, oh, okay. trains, <laughs> planes, and uh, we did it at his favorite uh, museum. And I realized like just transit museum. No, it was actually called Stepping Stones. It's a really cool. Uh, kind of like science interactive museum awesome. but what was really fun is just having just a you know a bunch of you know two-year-olds to 12-year-olds just attack you with their germs yeah it's just you know it's, lots of cake smushed into your hair and on the floor it does yeah and i f- felt the effects um just this past sunday when i realized wow <laughs> i gotta start oh, scrubbing this is what it's like to work in a hospital yeah, yeah this is <laughs> this is intense cool. <laughs> these germs are ferocious but uh, other than that, I'm pretty good. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, wishing you swift recovery and peace. <laughs> you know, we do have a fun podcast coming up. Um, our communications coordinator, Jen Nessel, has interviewed two members of the activist marching band, the Rude Mechanical Orchestra. Okay, wait. The Rude Mechanical Orchestra? The Rude Mechanical Orchestra. They're an old school marching band with a radical punk rock edge. They dance and chant and generally uh, work to make, uh, you know, protest spaces, social justice events, bring a little bit of joy and fun to the atmosphere. So things don't always stay so serious. Keep the spirits up in the streets. Keep people moving. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a dope collaboration. Looks like there's some great things. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing more about it. Okay. Well, just stay tuned because Jen will talk with Sarah Blust and Bronte Walker about how they got their start 15 years ago some of their favorite songs, and what they're seeing in the streets now. And as always, please make sure you uh, click subscribe, rate us on all of the iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I uh, definitely appreciate everyone uh, who's listening and their support. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Activist Files Today, we're going to talk with members of the Rude Mechanical Orchestra, a radical marching band, also known as the RMO. And we have with us today Bronte Walker and Sarah Bluss. And I am Jen Nessel, and I work at the Center for Constitutional Rights, and I'm looking forward to talking with folks. Welcome. Thanks for having us, Jen. Yeah, thanks so much. You all work to support movements. And I wanted to know a little bit about your mission and then how you got your start. 
We are a radical marching band that aims to support uh, workers, women, uh, the LGBTQIA plus community, immigrants uh, and people of color, and uh, really just aim to bring uh, energy to any marches, protests, demonstrations that uh, they have to support their communities. So, yeah, we aim to support those groups uh, through coming to any protests or demonstrations. Um, they're having any rallies and really just to up the energy uh, with our music and um, support them that way. And how did RMO get started? Oh, that's a nice long story. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways that the band came together. I can speak from my perspective, which is because I have been in it since the beginning. Um, I'm probably one of the, the I'm, I think I'm the only original member at this point. Oh. Um, and, you know, it really came about, I think, in 2004. So we're 15 years old now. We're in our teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> so very rebellious. Yes, we're very rebellious. <laughs> we're very rude. Um <laughs> And in 2004, um, you know, there were two things going on uh, at that point that I think were these formative events for the band, I think. One of them was the March for Women's Lives that happened in Washington, D.C., National March. And then the other was the, the Republican National Convention that had the, the gall to come to New York City <laughs> in 2004. And I think through those events, there was just a huge... Well, particularly the RNC in New York, it was such a a time when so many people were angry and created and used used their anger creatively, which was really fantastic. And I hope that we get to that place again because <laughs> that really was going on at that time. Um, and I had been really inspired by Bread and Puppet in Vermont, which is this radical puppet theater that's been around for fifty years. Um, I'd been inspired by the WTO, World Trade Organization, protests in Seattle. Um, and I had seen the fact that you could use, you know, music and puppets and spectacle to really amplify the message, right? And I'd also grown up in D.C. where I'd gone to lots of boring protests. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I would cut school and go to the national marches in D.C. and I... You know, they, they were amazing in many ways, but I knew that the March for Women's Lives would be one of these big uh, mobilizations that maybe wouldn't have the, the energy and excitement of something like the WTO protests in Seattle, right? So I was really excited about trying to bring music. Um, I'd been a drummer for many years at that point. Um, and I actually, <laughs> always sounds weird when I say this, but I did actually have a dream. I had a dream. I woke and I... Bronte's looking at me like, what? No way. <laughs> I've never heard the story. Yeah, no. I had I actually had a dream that I I I put together a band and it went to the March for Women's Lives. And so I went to a NARAL, uh, National Abortion Rights Action League organizing meeting because they were the bottom liners for the March for Women's Lives in, in 2004. And I went to one of these organizing meetings and I was like, I want to start a band. <laughs> and bring it to the march. And everyone was like, who are you? And what are you talking about? Um, but one of those organizers took me seriously and connected me to Michelle Hardesty. And that's how I met Michelle. And so Michelle and I met at the tea lounge in Park Slope, Brooklyn, which no longer exists. 
And we like it was like a blind date. And we met and we're like, we want to do this thing together. We want to start a radical marching band. And Michelle was coming at it from the angle of I want to bring a band to the RNC protests and I was coming at it from I want to bring a band to the March for Women's Lives and so we were, so we agreed that this would be the same thing and we would work together um, and Michelle at that time was part of the Hungry March Band which has a huge long fantastic history in New York City but the you know they had decided at a certain point that they didn't want to enter the political space they didn't want to be part of the protests um, so Michelle was really trying to you know bring that to the RNC and so that's how we kind of got started. And a lot of us in the beginning were part of the Hungry March Band, you know, um, you know, for a while that was the majority of our members. And then at a certain point, you know, it, it evolved and it's evolved many times <laughs> since then. So but Michelle still continues to play with us. And is, I still think of her as an active member of the project. How many people do you think over the years have passed through <laughs> the Rude Mechanical Orchestra? That's a scary question. Whoa. Hundreds. Hundreds of people have been in the band. Yeah. I think so. I mean, we generally have like 20, 25 active members. Right. I mean, it, it ebb and at flows. any given time. Yeah. yeah. But One of which I should say, uh, just, you know, uh, to be honest here and straightforward. <laughs> now. Disclosure. Full, full disclosure. disclosure. That's the phrase <laughs> I was looking for. Full disclosure. My partner, Matt, has been in the band for 13 years, I want to say. And our kid, Oscar, is also occasionally in the band. <laughs> He's 13. Yeah. Um, and Matt plays tuba and Oscar plays snare drum. Mm -hmm. And what do you two play? I play bass drum. This is Sarah. I play trumpet. And bass drum is the big boom, boom, boom one, right? Yes. That's right. I think of it as the heartbeat, you know? You are the heartbeat. Of yeah. the oh my gosh, Sarah. absolutely. Aww. That's definitely what Sarah is. Aww, thank you. I'm gonna cry. Um, so I actually asked Matt for like a partial list of some of the people that you have played in support of, yeah. and just since January, this is a partial list. Okay. Defend democracy in Brazil. Cancel Bolsonaro. Make the road New York. Cosecha, New York, Poor People's Campaign, The Revolting Lesbians, Sunshine Movement, Extinction Rebellion, Planned Parenthood of New York, United Food and Commercial Workers Local 342, Laundry Workers Center, Rusa LGBT, The Upstate Downstate Housing Alliance, New York City for Abortion Rights, No More Deaths, No Mas Muertes, No New Jails NYC, Lower East Side United Neighborhood Gardens, Adala, Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, Garment Workers Union, New Sanctuary Coalition, Bay Ridge for Social Justice, and the Arab American Association of New York, and the Lower East Side Girls Club. We've been wow. busy. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear you read that list because yeah. I think that we co constantly grapple with the fact that we can't do more. You know, we, mm. we're all volunteers. Everyone's busy. This is New York. Everyone has different, you know, competing priorities. And so there's so many times when we have said we can't do this. So it's, it's great to hear that list. <laughs> just in less than a year. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite gigs mm. or craziest gigs that you can remember doing? 
Hmm. Want to take this one? Um. Yeah. I mean, I have one particular one that we actually do every year. So every year we go to the Honk Festival in Somerville, Massachusetts, um, and we uh, we've been doing. So at the end of the weekend on the Sunday night, we play at the South Bay Detention Center, um, and we play kind of on this um, overhead footpath that's like next to the highway and we can actually see the windows of where a lot of um people are in detention basically and a lot of them are immigrants and they've been in there for like seven years sometimes and it's it's heartbreaking but at the same time it's like uh it's amazing we get maybe a hundred musicians from all of hong from like all over the world and um, the US um, to come with us and play for them for like an hour. It's my, and it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> that sounds yeah. really moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that um, there's this great, so one of our former members was this uh, woman, Jane, who said this great thing once. <laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. And she said, We just, we walk around the streets a lot and yell at buildings <laughs> as a band, you know? And it's so true. Like, we do a lot of yelling at, you know, buildings, right. you know. And and so I think what Bronte is bringing up, and it's I think this is so true, it's like there there are these moments where we actually can see the people that we're trying to either, either help mm. or fight against. Mm. And it's really rare when we have those moments. And so I guess, you know, I'll bring up one of the other times where we got a chance to actually, uh, you know, yell at somebody actively. And that was... It was many years ago, but it was, I think it was the director of um, the housing agency in New York City that was uh, doing some really bad policies around, um, you know, homeless folks. And so we actually went to his house Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn Heights and, you know, it was probably like five or six in the morning. Ouch. (laughs) I love those morning gigs. And we, we, along with, this is with, um, make, uh, this is, this is with Picture the Homeless. And we, you know, made a lot of noise. And he, and I mean, I guess, you know, hats off to him. He actually came out of his house and went to work. And so we actually went with him all the way to his office. And we took, I don't know if you've been on the, um, it's like the two, three, there's an elevator, right? And we were like in the elevator. <laughs> and, you know, and people were, you know, talking to him, folks from picture that picture the homeless were talking to him. We were all you know, making lots of noise. And we accompanied him all the way to his office. And that actually was uh, quite tremendous. And, you know, more of that, you know, but uh, I do think that, you know, anything we can do around, um, like lately, it's been anything around closing the camps Mm -hmm. and immigrant rights that we've really, you know, have really been supporting. That's great. One of the reasons I thought it would be great to have you on the podcast is, and Bronte and I were talking about this, is there's a kind of parallel to what the Rude Mechanical Orchestra does and what the Center for Constitutional Rights does and and both groups seeking to help and support and elevate movements, mm-hmm. um, our clients and the cases we bring and the movements that we support and you all in the all of the groups that you support and, and bring joy to. Mm-hmm. We bring legal cases too and <laughs> you bring joy. I don't know. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> Takes all it takes all of us, right? But it, it really does. <laughs> yeah. But if anyone's ever been on a march, a boring march versus a march where you get 
lucky enough to march alongside the RMO, it's so much fun and there's mm. so much energy and everybody in that section of the march is just having the best time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering like what some of your favorite songs are that you do, what you get the best response from, because mm -hmm. you have a pretty big repertoire by now. We do, <laughs> and we've had, we've yes, we do. <laughs> Many discussions about how to make that repertoire more manageable. But uh, yeah, what's your favorite right now? Um, I always have a soft spot for Karen Nido, mm. which is one of our Spanish songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like very like fun and it has dynamics, which is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What's yours? <sighs> yeah, um, I would say because I guess Matador is always like mm. I always feel good about Matador. It's very it's very angry and fun. So if you know, if I'm in that moment where I just feel like their energy is strong, energy is required. Matador is really great, and so many people know it and sing along with us. Mm. And I think that's always been something that we really try and strive for, which is what is what are people going to know, um, and what can, what will get people just excited when they hear it. And so lately, we've actually our latest one, um, our. The one we're learning right this second is Old Town Road. <laughs> yeah. Because we try and do a pop song every every year, a new pop song. Yeah. So we've done, like, Bad Romance by, you know, by Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. And we've done, uh, you know, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. And now we're, we've done Uptown Funk. Mm -hmm. And so now we're trying to do Old Town Road. And so there's this kind of genre of pop songs we try and bring in along with the you know, we also have been picked up, we picked up um, All you, all You Fascists Found to Lose and mm -hmm. um, Which Side Are You On and different kinds of songs that have this political um, history. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I miss Push It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've missed Push It, too. I think we should bring it back. <laughs> Time for bring it back in the rotation. Absolutely. Okay. All right. If Jen wants it back, we're going to bring it back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you um, had run-ins with the NYPD? Oh, yeah. In your time with all these protests? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I think that uh, in a certain way, the band has been a little bit of a protective force against yeah. too much crap from the NYPD, because once you're a big, loud thing, they don't really want to get, they don't really, you know, they certainly haven't been uh, nice to us, but they also haven't messed with us that much. We have there have been arrests of band members, um, myself, for example. Um, but that actually happened when I was nowhere near the band. I just had I just happened to be in the area with my instrument. But if you know, so I do think that in a way the band is constantly running the NYPD, but because we're this uh, kind of loud, obnoxious entity, they don't want to. They don't get, they don't mess with us too much. Yeah. What would you say, Bronte? Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky. I don't think since I've been in the band, which is about four and a half years, that everyone, anyone's been arrested since then. Um, but yeah, and we also like check in with each other and see if, you know, if it is kind of a, what we call like a high risk situation, then um, we'll check in with everyone in the band and, you know, see like what their you know, whether they can get arrested, don't want to get arrested, you know, what is their situation? So we make sure everyone's safe 
obviously, because there are some situations that can get a little hairy. Um, so, and we have, you know, sometimes if we know it's it could be high risk, then we have someone off site who has all our numbers, all our like emergency contacts and everything. Um, just to make sure if anything happens that we're covered. You're pros. <laughs> Done this before. <laughs> have I guess one thing I've been wondering. We're all at such a a loss at the moment with everything going on in the world and in this country, and it's so massive and terrifying. I'm wondering if you, over the years, have seen a change in movement spaces and and how things are. Like, how has it evolved under different administrations? I mean, RMOs now existed under. Bush and under Obama and under Trump. Mm-hmm. And under, you know, Bloomberg and under mm-hmm. de Blasio. Because mm-hmm. I think that has, I mean, we certainly have seen a uh, difference between Bloomberg and de Blasio in terms of mm-hmm. how the NYPD responds. We just, we have, we, it, it's, it feels different. But one thing I think. How I, so? Um, it was a lot more tense. Well, this is also around the Occupy time mm-hmm. right so you know we were that and that's when our our arrests occurred um around occupy wall street mm-hmm. um and it was just a really really tough fraught time however i think that that actually uh is one thing that is completely missing right now and i would love to have something like that back which is that Occupy had a physical space Mm -hmm. that they occupied and all these different kinds of people could come to that space and see each other and talk to each other. And it would be happening at any time of the day for weeks, you know, and I think that things are so fragmented now and there's, we're, we're being attacked on hundreds Mm -hmm. of different levels, you know? Um, And so I think that convening of a space where everyone can come together is missing. Um, and I, I would, you know, how can we create that right now? That's, that's something I think that was very powerful during that time. And I actually, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understood why the, the, the right to um, public assembly was so important for the first time, like in a real way. Like I really felt that like public assembly is hugely important. And public space is hugely important. And that um, that is not happening right now. And I feel like people are very overwhelmed. And I, and I think that we're not getting, you know, we call them gig requests. I mean, these are, you know, calls for, for us to participate in actions. It is not them that, we haven't been inundated. You know, you'd think that right now we would be completely inundated. And I think that it's actually been somewhat quiet mm-hmm. in a certain way. And I... I don't know why, but my theory is that we are just frankly all overwhelmed, you know, and that's something different, you know, and and there's too many things that everyone's having to fight all at once. Which is why I think when you do show up, when RMO shows up, you bring a much needed sense of fresh energy and, Mm. and, and joyous activity, like, they, it's hard right now, right? Yeah. Everybody is so angry and under attack. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I see what we do and like the joy we bring as resistance in its own capacity, you know, and to the people around us. And also, I think when we're doing a march, we bring in other people of the street who are just walking by and they come and see, oh, like what's going on. And so I think we also bring more people in. Um, but yeah, I think being joyous right now in itself is an act of res- resistance against mm. everything that's happening. Um, and it's needed. Mm-hmm. How can folks, if they are doing an action, request that you come and play with them? Yeah. Um, so we have a website. You can reach us at www.rudemechanicalorchestra.org. And there is a uh, contact tab up the top. Um, and if you can just fill that out, uh, that would be great. Um, and it'll come through to us and we'll be in touch. That's right. So once those come through, um, then we talk about it as a whole project mm-hmm. and we consent on whether or not we, we, you know, think that this is in line with our mission. And then we get in touch with the organizers and, you know, figure out the logistics. Um, usually we'd like to have at least a week or two heads up because we, since we are a consensus-based project, it's helpful because we, we can't just show up. You know, um, there is a process that we have. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to be able to get enough members. Right. Yes. Together who right. are free. That's right. Who are your musical heroes? Bronte? Oh, boy. Ooh. You know? We have a band musical hero. I mean, we have a few, like Janelle Monet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you do... We do play a Janelle. We play a couple. You do Pink and... We do Pink queen. and Queen. And Queen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pink has, you know, become just this, like, beautiful song. People sing it in the streets with us. It's it's such, like, a beautiful moment that we have. Yeah. So I'm glad we play that song. Yeah, we were playing that at, uh, ooh, really tough, really tough action. The, I forget the name of the group, but it's, uh, you know, anti-abortion group. Focus uh, on the family. Focus on I, the family. Is this that... where I can I swear? Can I swear here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very, I mean, <sighs> It was very well funded, very well attended. We mm-hmm. were not, we, they were the majority. We were, we were the minority in terms of protesters and, you know, um, and, you know, we were just kind of this, this little buzzing bee, you know, trying to, trying to be some kind of energy against these insane people. Right. Um, uh, and at one point we played pink and it was just really kind of amazing because mm-hmm. I think of pink as a very sex positive song too and Definitely. it was just a really important thing to to have yeah but musical heroes I mean I would say Nina Simone is another one mm-hmm. is one of mine mm-hmm. we've never even tried to play Nina Simone <laughs> but you know yeah. Mississippi Goddamn would be yeah incredible I know all of you are in the band part-time as volunteers um what do you two do the rest of the time. Oh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother story. Well, no, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. It just. Uh, I was. I've been very impacted by the Title Ten gag rule lately, and so it's. It. What I do professionally has also has been exploding with what I do politically. So it's. Um, so it's a very interesting time for me. Um, so I am the director of two uh, health centers that are based in Brooklyn, that are in Brooklyn. One is in Fort Greene and one's in Brownsville. 
Um, these, these are under public health solutions. These are sexual and reproductive health centers. Um, they have been funded by Title X for many, many, many years. We made a decision to walk away from the funding because of the um, unethical Title X gag rule, uh, which financially sent my organization into a tailspin, um, sent my, my health centers into a tailspin, um, such that we actually had to submit a closure plan to New York State uh, a few weeks ago and lay off 28 people, <laughs> of which I was one. <laughs> and um, thankfully, we are now, though, in conversations with the governor's office to uh, find replacement funding. And so we are hopeful that that is going to happen. And so we pulled back from closing our centers and pulled back from laying off our people. Um, so so I am, you know, that's that's my profession. That's what I do. And, you know, lately I've been very, very personally impacted by what's happening on the federal level. Georgia. And it's just so classist, too. I mean, yeah. it's just so it's patriarchal. <laughs> it's classist. <laughs> I mean, it's just saying to poor women and primarily a poor women of color, you can have only this kind of information, but other people can have this information mm-hmm. or these kinds of services or healthcare. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was my answer to what I do outside of the band. <laughs> well, and what I suspect will be a completely different. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it could be more on the opposite spectrum. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I am a electrical apprentice with Local 3, IBEW, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. I'll say that again. International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, I've been in the apprenticeship for six months. Um, It's been an interesting experience. Um as like a female presenting person, although that's not how I identify. Um, it's definitely been interesting. I'm the only woman in quotation marks on my job site. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good so far. <laughs> Could Is it okay if I say one more thing? Of course. Um, so I guess this is kind of like maybe going back to like the whole 2004 conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's really... I think it's kind of amazing that, you know, so the Rude Mechanical Orchestra started in 2004, but so did a, a lot of other radical marching bands. So, for example, we have our sister, we, who we think of as a sister band in Oakland, California, which is the Brass Liberation Orchestra. And they started... Or Blow. Or Blow, right? <laughs> right. And so they started then. We didn't know them, but they were starting up. And then uh, Cacalac Thunder, which is a fantastic radical uh, kind of samba drum corps in um, Greensboro, North Carolina. They started around then. Um, they actually, unfortunately, have just, they've, they, they emailed us and let us know that, that Cacalac is hanging up their sticks <laughs> this year, which is, which is sad. And we will miss them from, you know, this space. But it's just, you know, I do think that there's something about that time that was really, really incredible and really kind of caused all these people and projects to think about music and spectacle in a certain way. And now, you know, and the honk, the honk, um, 
festival, which Bronte was talking about, it's 14 years old, right? So it started around then too. Um, Second Line Pleasure Society, I think they're around that timeline, you know, in terms of when they started. So, you know, it's just something to note that I think that's, there's so much energy and wonderful things that can happen out of a really fraught political time. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping, this is like my hopeful moment here, is that because things are so effed up (laughs) right now, that I'm hoping that we can turn that into something that's not being overwhelmed and turn it into something that is another moment where other new projects and things can happen. Um, Because we we need them. We need them. We we're, we're we can't ha- handle all these actions by ourselves. We want we want more people out there. Absolutely, and in other cities as well. In all cities, yeah, <laughs> all cities should all have, cities should have a, radical own radical own radical a radical marching band. Radical marching band. That's right. If you don't have one, make it happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you guys provide trainings? We, you know, it's funny. We we have done so the honk the honk uh, committee. You know, this this again, like back to the honk festival in Boston. They create this space where bands can talk to each other because the the um, the point of the festival. I mean, it's it is about all these beautiful music projects coming together, but the unifying theme is that they all you know are community social justice oriented bands. And so, besides all the shows, we do talk to each other about what how we operate and what we do. And so, we have talked to people about this is how we decide our gigs. This is how we have consensus in our project. And mm-hmm. so we've tried to do that for other bands. Um, but yeah, if anyone was interested, we would certainly respond to email or, you know, we, we certainly want to be resources for others who are interested in doing this. So start a band, <laughs> get out in the streets. That's right. Support social movements. That's right. And if you see a marching band Wearing green and black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are the and a lot of colors and a lot of glitter. <laughs> and I will just say for our listeners that Sarah came wearing her RMO colors. She is wearing green and black stripes. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. For a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it helped me. It helped me emotionally. Okay. Yeah, get in the spirit. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. Um, then you'll know that that is the one and the only fabulous Rude Mechanical Orchestra. Hmm. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Jen. I'd like to ask the NYPD a serious question.
now for our Center for Constitutional Rights News Roundup, where we fill you in on some of the latest headlines. We filed another case to reunite Yemeni American families separated by Trump's Muslim ban. A similar case we brought last year on behalf of three families was mooted out by the government when it issued their visas shortly after we filed. All of these family members had gotten their visas approved, but then held up and ultimately revoked when the Muslim ban went into effect. It's been almost two years, and the Muslim ban continues to wreak havoc among families in the broader communities. The Trump administration is breaking the law to prevent families from being reunited, whether it's at the southern border or at consulates overseas. And here's another awful tack the Trump administration is taking in its attack on immigrants. They published a new rule that would deny green cards to anyone deemed or likely to ever become a public charge. This means anyone who has access to certain benefits. It's sowing fear and confusion and terrorizing immigrant communities who are afraid to use any benefits as a result. We worked with a group of community organizations and partners to file a lawsuit to block this cruel and racist rule. One of our attorneys, Gita Schwartz, called the rule inspired by wish lists generated in far-right nativist think tanks and said it undermines almost a century of congressional mandate to prioritize family-based immigration. It is clearly intended to fulfill the dreams of President Trump, Stephen Miller, and Ken Cuccinelli to make immigration benefits available only to people coming from Europe, she said. Guantanamo hasn't been in the news much lately, but we've been in crisis mode over one of our clients there, Sharkawi Al-Hajj. Sharkawi has been in indefinite detention for 17 years, two of them in the secret CIA torture program. It has taken a toll on his mental and physical health. A few weeks ago, he attempted suicide while he was on the phone with his attorney. It took a while for us to be allowed to make the information public. Now, we're desperately trying to get the court to allow him to be seen by an independent medical expert. All of this is the predictable consequence of his torture, his indefinite detention, and the lack of trust he has in the people holding him captive to provide him care. We hope the court and the government will do the right thing, and we will keep fighting for him. The real AF. The real AF. Yeah, I just need you to say the real AF. The real AF. This is the real AF. I'm Leah here with Rob. Hey, what's going on, Leah? And we are joined by Bertha Justice Fellow Brittany Thomas. Thanks for being here. Are you ready to answer some questions? I don't know yet. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to start anyway and see how it goes. (laughs) So, Brittany, would you rather live under the sea or in space in space because living under the sea seems pretty dirty and i have a feeling this planet won't be around too long so if we figure out the space thing quick enough i'm gonna go ahead and say that's the place to be i mean i also don't think aliens are racist so (laughs) i really think living up there would be a little different yeah i should agree with that actually i think if there's we've discovered aliens that'll probably may end racism right because everyone will come together trying to defeat the aliens but then it'll come back again once we defeat the aliens and racism exactly mm-hmm. if i just go live up there it's like it's just me this is an octavia butler book i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> to be written so would you rather live in a cave or live in a tree house a tree house 
I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I've never been in a cave, but the movies and the TV shows with caves do not seem like they end well. You walk in, something's in there. It's dark. There's little hidden passageways. I don't got time for none of that. So I'm going to go ahead and say a tree house, preferably like an orange tree that I could eat off of. Do you have like a fear of confined spaces versus a fear of height kind of thing that we would weigh? No, I just don't think that a wet, dark space sounds particularly inviting. How am I going to invite my friends over? (laughs) Please come through the woods, walk into the cave with no door. There might be a caveman there. I don't know. There could be different things there. And it's like, and then come back to my well-lit, smelly area. And we can day drink on a Saturday. I, <laughs> I just don't foresee that I would have many visitors. My treehouse, however, lit. Yeah. I don't even have to give you an example. Lit. Well, space has like unlimited room capacity. Exactly. So if I could take a tree to space, lit. It's got to be rent control though, right? You're welcome, world. I've like, <laughs> I figured it out. I'll just take all the trees up there. There you go. Would you rather hear good news first or bad news first? Definitely bad news. I hate when people start bad news with good news because the good news just is like, I don't even know what we did that for. Just get right to it. Exactly. Here's some good news. (laughs) Would you rather lose your vision or your hearing? Good news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. Probably my vision. Yes, my vision. Because how could I hear Beyonce albums Mm. without my ears. Have you guys heard what she's able to do with songs you've already heard before? Incredible. Exactly. And could you imagine never hearing her voice again? No. That's what I thought. Kind of make sure you bring the Beyonce with the trees into space. It's got space tree house. All I'm I'm trying to say is imagine a world where every, when you can see Beyonce and you can see her mouth moving, but you don't know what is coming out of that thing? Nah. Nah. Would you rather be on a survival reality show or a dating game show? A dating game show. I would die on a survival <laughs> game show. I actually tried to bet my partner's nieces and nephews to make fire with wood. Nothing happened. They beat me. And it was pretty sad because I realized that, like, you know, if the apocalypse happened, I would definitely die. Um, but a dating game show? I'm hilarious. And also, I'm savage on dates. (laughs) And so it would be so fun to get to ask people to do crazy stuff. You know, like back in the day, like the three tier. And it's like me behind a thing. Like, what's your dream date? That would be pretty lit as well. Clearly lit is my word of the day. Yeah. Vote for Brittany for your next Bachelorette. Uh Season like 25 Uh or whatever. Going on a tangent a little bit because that was a great answer you just had. So I'm thinking for your date, <clears throat> would you uh, would you rather go to an all-you-can-drink place or an all-you-can-eat at your favorite restaurant? Definitely all-you-can-drink because every time I've ever gone to a buffet, I get two plates maximum. Even though I eat two plates, let me clarify. I get about six, but I will eat four bites of the things I like and then go up and try new things. But in all you can drink place, I can knock down like 25. And so then we are definitely weighing our odds here. 
what am I going to get more out of? The 25 different drinks I could take or like six buns from Golden Corral. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. You are a drinking champ, by the way. Just FYI for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. Good. I always show up to work the next day ready to go. There you go. <laughs> Well, I hope that uh, in a in a future world, we're invited over to your excellent space treehouse world where your survival skills will work because we'll be in space, different mm-hmm. different context, <laughs> and uh, all the Beyonce all the time. I also hope that that actually occurs. <laughs> I'm text her I'm real quick. Just, <laughs> she says, "Stop bothering me, Rob." <laughs> she said, "My name, so I'm happy." <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Brittany. This has been a real AF session. And uh, yeah, see you next time.